Skip. This is, uh, I think this is episode what, 145. That's right. What happened to the energy? This sucks. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Uh, this is your weekly dose of uh, video game goodness, I guess. I don't know. I used to have pre-written intros for shows, and that's one of the secrets I had to being a, a good host. And then I could never come up with one for frame skip, so that's why our show opening is so rocky when I host. With me is Austin Eller. <laughs> What's going on, Seth? It's like it's like a glove. Like you're you're just fitting right back into hosting, uh, like riding a know. bike. It's no, not not quite like riding a bike, but you know, more like uh, more like fishing. Like you you have a general idea how to fish, yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. But you you lose that technique, but you, you got to really work your way back into it. You got to be like, oh, yeah, this is how I tie it. This is how I tie a fly. You know? And like sometimes you might catch the baby fish. Sometimes you might catch the big old fish. Yeah, the big, <laughs> you'd be catching big fish. With me is uh, George Loftus. Yeah, I'm George. I'm hosting tonight's episode. Welcome to our shitty show. We're uh, I'm shitty at my job at doing the show. Really glad to be here. Glad you fucking turd nuggets showed up for the real real turd burger of a of a next hour. So glad you're here. It's not gonna be a turd burger. It's gonna be a delicious, well made steak burger. You steak, steak seasoning well. you get from Walmart. You some frozen burgers. <laughs> yeah, some great yeah. value brand. Yeah, they yeah. they sell they sell that A5 Wagyu at Walmart. Good stuff. I got to say something real quick. All right. I got to say something and it's because of you boys. This is a video game podcast and I'm throwing a fucking yellow flag. Flag on the play for both of you because we fucking all bought hell divers, all right? And as far as I can tell, I'm the only one that's been diving. Well, I mean, I've been diving on, left and right, on. up and down. Let me defend myself. I've tried to get on every night for the past four nights, and every single time, I cannot. Mm-hmm. It I tells me four, every single yeah. time that the servers are full. I literally cannot get in the game. I've been able to play four other times. Tuesday is what we call Goose Night with my San Francisco buddies. Don't ask why. I'm not even going to explain it, even if you do. So fuck it. Do it if you want to. I dare you. You're not going to get anything out of me. It's Goose Night. Hey. We're supposed to play games on Tuesday because it's Goose Night. So you can play Hell Divers. Yeah, so I'm gonna play some some Hell Dive. I'm gonna dive into some hells after this. But I've had some bad experience with the servers recently, so I haven't been able to dive into Hell quite all that much. Have you two? Did you swear on your lives that you've been trying to play and yes. have been getting kicked out? Because I'm, yes. I'm level I have... ten. Yes, I've been playing. Yes, I... I've been getting in there. Fuck. Yeah. Because yeah. I. Listen, I had, I had trouble the first two nights, but after that, it's been pretty silky smooth. Congratulations, man. I bet your copy of Skyrim on PS3 also played like butter. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Sometimes bad shit happens it to did. good people. Yeah. It did, Seth, actually. Seth, when are you playing Helldivers next? When are you going to be on? Um, uh, I don't know about tonight. Tonight's Caitlin's birthday, so I'm probably going to be doing whatever she wants to do tonight, which she told me includes watching the Goofy movie. So Drinking goat milk. Drinking goat milk. <laughs> and then George and I are going to go play Helldivers tonight. So. Well, that's a fucking hell. first. So, I'm glad you guys are playing Hell Divers tonight. <laughs> that's a that's a fucking second. I don't want to hear anything <laughs> out of you. Sorry, we have other friends and other responsibilities, Seth. All right, it's true. Tough. Listen, 
tough titties for my guy Seth. Sorry. I've been diving left and right. I've been diving on the bugs. I've been diving on these robots. I forget what they're called, but automatons. Clones. Hey man, I tried to dive so hard the other day. I jackknifed. What do you want me to do? I couldn't get into a fucking game. I'm not an engineer. I'm a diver. I'm a hell diver. I can only do so much on my end. Anyway, you guys liking hell divers? Awesome. What about you? How, how do you feel about hell divers? Tell me about it. Okay. Three so, times you've played. The three times I've played. The game is phenomenal. You're such a dickhead. <laughs> the game is way beyond what I was expecting. And clearly it is for basically everybody out there right now, which is why it absolutely exploded out of nowhere. I'm not saying the first game wasn't good, but it was certainly more like indie style. I mean, it got some, I'd say, and George, you, you were probably more aware of it than I was, but it, it, it definitely had some conversation around it when it came out, especially in like the Vita community back in the day. But it was never like a big game per se. No one cared. The first no one cared when it came to PlayStation 4. Right. And so I was, I mean, I always thought the gameplay for this looked good. And I, we even talked about on the podcast like a while back that we would all buy it. I don't know if you guys remember that, but that was like maybe seven or eight months ago we were talking about it. And we said, if if you guys bought it, I'd buy it. And it was just this trio of us saying that essentially we determined we'd all buy it at some point. But uh, point being, point aside, I was not exactly like overwhelmingly excited for it. I mean, I thought it looked good, but I, I didn't know if I was going to get it at launch. And just seeing all the gameplay videos, seeing all the crazy stuff people were doing instantly convinced me. And of course, we all grabbed it pretty much at the same time. And I think the gameplay is excellent, man. It's it's there's something about it. That's very like nostalgic. I don't know. It feels like very PS three era to me, just the, the freshness of it in a way, there's something just unique about that game. And I think it's really well done. However, Holy crap. The server problems. I, I I wasn't joking, Seth, when I said I literally tried every single night for the past like four days and I have not been able to get in, which is frustrating because I literally just want to play that game and I have not <laughs> played it since uh, Friday. So. I hope that they fix that problem, and I, and I know it's like a, you know, they're so successful right now, it's causing that problem and I'm happy for that team, but at the same time. It's frustrating as somebody that just, you know, paid 40 bucks for the game, which, by the way, $40, we need more of that. We yeah. need more of that. But it's frustrating to have paid $40 for the game and, frankly, not being able to access it when I want to access it. But Sweet spot. $40 is a nice sweet spot for a game like that. Yep. I think and, it's... Sorry. Sorry, go for it. No, I was just going to say, and I think at $40, you, you did get me with the season pass, right? Because I, I feel I feel a little better about oh, yeah, I, buying I bought it the too. season pass. I bought it too. The, the Super Citizen. I will say the season pass, the, the, the premium one, a little weak. Um, the battles required for it are like really expensive. So yeah, the progression, really yeah. I think, could use some balancing, to be honest. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, George. I was going to say, awesome. I think the reason you feel so nostalgic about it is... This, this game kind of proves their vision because this is fundamentally the same exact game as Helldivers 1. Yeah. It is the same type of humor. It is the same art direction. A little different, like, art style. That was a bit more associated. I think some compromises had to be made to right. make everything work on Vita and PS3 and then eventually PS4. It Like, literally the only thing that's different 
is a perspective shift from isometric twin stick shooter territory into a third person behind the shoulder action game. So like they nailed it the first time 10 years ago and th- this game is proof of concept. I've been playing a lot of Helldivers 1 in like the recent weeks with uh my my friends for Goose Night in preparation for this. And it was such a seamless transition from yeah. the first game into the second game. And it was such a seamless transition that certain things that I wasn't expecting happened where like, oh, the robots even kind of look the same. And then you fight the robots. You're like, Jesus Christ, like this is terrifying. Like this feels like this feels like the flashbacks that Kyle Reese has in the Terminator movie. Right. Where like all of a sudden (laughs) you see like the post-apocalyptic Los Angeles and just like giant hulking machines like on the horizon coming towards you. There's like there's like giant hulking like like Terminator machines. Right. And there's Giant Terminator machines are even bigger on roller skates with laser arms that fly at you. Yeah, I don't like, love those. Don't I don't hate love those them. guys. But like <laughs> this, this is just proof that like no, dude, they nailed it ten years ago. It just that the audience wasn't ready for it, right? Or right. maybe it was like like how many different ways can you use like the same ingredients? And it's like oh, it turns out yeah. we actually just didn't want bread back, then we wanted something more like dessert. And man, this game is sweet as shit. Like this game rules. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, I've been playing it a lot and um what dude it's so fun and it's caught on in such an extreme way that like definitely casual people are in on it um almost everyone at my work that plays video games is playing it yeah. in fact i can see they're in a discord right now they're all playing it together um so i've been playing with them mostly because you guys haven't been online and <laughs> <laughs> and we've been having an absolute blast. Um, I one thing I do like that I don't know. I'm sure other games do this, but it's it's an interesting way for them to generate more revenue. Is they put up the two sets of armor on the superstore every day, and they're only available for 24 hours. Yeah. Now I'm sure they they'll, they'll recycle them probably eventually, but as far as I can tell, they haven't been recycled and. It's really interesting because it's like, all right, well, I'll log in tomorrow or I'll log in, you know, today and see what what the what the armor set is on the store. And, you know, if I like it, I'll I'll buy it. I've you know, bought two or three armor sets so far so far just because I think they're cool. Um, so and, and you know, I don't like I said, I don't mind supporting the game a little bit more like that because they only charged me forty dollars at launch. And um other than that, I will say I agree with you guys, the the Login issues have been really annoying. I haven't had too many issues. Now, tonight, or I guess today, right before I tried to log in, it wouldn't actually let me onto my ship. It yeah. stopped me from even getting onto into the game at all by saying the servers were full. That's what so I that keep getting. That was kind getting. of annoying. Um, normally, before that, it's been, I'll try to join a match, and it'll be like, failed to join game in my ship over and over again. So, you know, like, I could start a mission, but I couldn't join anyone's missions, and I, I would have problems joining other people's, like, in, like my friends. I would have trouble joining their game and stuff like that. So there's definitely work to be had in that department. But, dude, the gameplay is so good and so funny. And I just love the idea that you're just so expendable as a soldier in this world that they don't even care if you extract or not. Like, it, it's a <laughs> bonus if you extract as long as you get the mission done, you 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 succeed, you know. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. And I didn't. So I watched Starship Troopers for the first time last night. I've never I seen didn't it. Realize how much star, this game was Starship Troopers. It's like a one to one. Yeah. It, like 
I wonder if they even tried to get the license for Starship Troopers and they couldn't or, or what the deal was, because it's essentially the same exact thing. It's crazy from the, the, the way the ships look and, the, and how they land to the enemies to like the armor and like the, the, the catchphrases the guys yell. It's like, wow, this is literally Starship Troopers. It's pretty cool because the character in my game is also banging Denise Richards, just like in Starship Troopers. So it's actually <laughs> it's like a really accurate uh, rendition of that movie. I've never seen that movie and you should watch it. Yeah, no, it's I really awesome. want to. I saw that. What year were you born, Austin? 96. 96. Uh, when you were one years old, I saw that movie in theaters with my dad. I was seven years old. Nice. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have seen that in theaters. <laughs> no, definitely not. Especially there's a there's a very long extended uh, shower scene with um, with a lot of nudity. in it. <laughs> my dad actually didn't cover my eyes for that part. He covered my eyes for the boning scene. And there's ah. one scene with brains that uh, he covered my eyes for. Yeah, it's like, here's a shower scene. You're going to learn to be a man today. <laughs> Here you go, son. It's not, not really. My dad's, uh, not, not his vibe. That wasn't like a concern. Not his vibe. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't so, know. Yeah, I, um, I think the game is, is so good. But yeah, I've yeah. been having to go back to the server problems. The one I've been having, I don't know about you, George, but the one I've been having is where like literally won't even let me in the game. Yeah. So. And I, I had that one today. That, that was what got me today. So I, I switched over and, uh, I'm playing Crisis Core. Other Ooh. than that, it's just polishing off some missions, getting prepared for uh, Alpha Seven Rebirth. It's time. I'm ready. How many days away are we? Like nine? Yeah, the demo for the game came out today, right? Came out last week. Last week. Yeah. Did Did you play and that demo? No. Okay. I will not be playing that demo. So. Uh, yeah, it's 29th is the release date. So my my general strategy here, right, is I'm going to preload the game, download the demo. The demo is the first two hours of the game. I'm going to jump in that bad boy early, all right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully, by the time I'm finished with the demo, full game's released. I have off those two nights anyway. It's going to be a good time. Is that coincidence, or did you take off those two nights for the game? That is coincidence, sir. Okay. <laughs> And it's even more of a coincidence because I don't think that's a normal release date for like a release day for a video game. I think it's like a Thursday. Thursday, yeah. It's really weird. Thursday, well, Thursday, yeah. at, Thursday at midnight, right? Yeah, so, so, it's, so Wednesday technically... night, Thursday morning. Oh. oh, I thought it was like so. Mm-hmm. I thought it was technically Friday. No, it's Thursday. Okay. The 29th is a Thursday for some reason. I wonder I if they were like, I wonder if they were like, it's a leap year. We got to release, release this game on February 29th. Yeah, I mean, maybe. maybe. <laughs> does does two twenty nine or the number twenty nine does that hold any significance for Final Fantasy seven? I don't think so. Not that I can think of. If it is, it's a very vague reference. Um, I, I, I think I got one. There's there's twenty nine monsters on the hunt board in Final Fantasy sixteen. Boom, nailed it. Oh, there you go. There yeah, are yeah, there you go. There it is. There are twenty nine side quests that they drop on you right before the final <laughs> mission in Final Fantasy sixteen. <laughs> I did all of them, man. I don't even care. I don't want this game to end. I know I can replay it on Final Fantasy mode. I might. I probably won't. Like, I think I need some time off after doing all this. And, like, I know I've taken eight months to play it at this point. But, like, that game never left my brain. Like, I was never, like, I would take a month off from playing it. I knew exactly where I was in the story. And that was before the active Time Lore stuff. Like, that game just took its fucking thumb and just imprinted on the frontal lobe <laughs> of my brain. It is occupied. I got Final Fantasy VII Advent Children today on, on 4K. 
Oh, because nice. I'm gonna. This is gonna be the year of Final Fantasy, and it's gonna be the year of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, right, I'm gonna play, oh, play through those go. two series this let's year. Let's go. So you, you'll you'll love this then. Tomorrow night, I'm driving two hours to meet Pedro at Harrisburg. We're gonna watch Advent Children in theaters. They did a limited release oh. tomorrow for, in theaters for Advent Children. Nice. It's, it's tonight and tomorrow. So real excited about that. I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. Sick. Yep. You so record, uh, you record uh, Horny Boys or whatever your podcast is. <laughs> Alpha <sure>. Nerds. <laughs> so close. What? I don't know. Maybe. So, so yeah, me, the Philly Horner, where me and Pedro do a podcast called Alpha Nerds together. And um, it, the release schedule is so erratic because I fucking hate editing so much that it, it, it literally feels like I'm dying when I'm editing. That's why so, I. That's why I personally stopped doing it, and I just record yeah. the Zoom conversation, and that's the episode now. What can you do? Yeah, it's just yeah, it is what it is. Um, but tell me about Final Fantasy sixteen, George. What you what you think of the ending? I haven't Your finished overall it yet. thoughts. I haven't what? finished it yet. I still have like You're twelve like at more the pieces. end. I have twelve uh, more pieces on the hunt board that I got to take out. Dude, no, nobody cares about that. You need I to, had to go through. I had to go through the hunt board to figure out what materials I needed to build Goddard. Go- Nobody cares. The name of that episode. Nobody cares. I care. <laughs> I don't want the game to be over. I still got to take out Ruin, Reawaken, the Pack, the Man in Black, Pandemonium, Trisphalic Terror, Bygul, the Blood Moon. So I got one, two, Hold three, on. Can four, we go back five, to Phallic Terror? Trisphalic. I think it's a Triceratops. You know what that reminded me of? It reminded me of the giant dick monster in Persona. Persona. You know yes. <laughs> yes. Which one? I feel like there's a giant dick monster in a few. There's Persona. literally a giant monster that's shaped like a dick. <laughs> no, like, literally. Like one hundred percent circumcised, like cut or uncut, whatever. Uh, I I don't think so. I, I don't know. I don't remember the top of my head. But <laughs> it's it, it's a giant dick, and it's in all the games, and it's just it's just a giant dick. So it's, and you fight that. That's a metaphor. <laughs> uh, so okay, I did all the side quests. I did everything except for the hunt board, and I'm gonna do that. And then this weekend, I'm gonna just take my Goddard Danam and shove it so far up Ultima's ass. He uh, yeah. won't, be able, won't be able to sit down on an airplane. He's gonna have that's to. What I like to hear. Gonna have to get first class and lay down on his side. It's gonna hurt so much. That's what I like to hear, dude. Um, Final Fantasy 16, super special game. Super, look at that. <laughs> it is circumcised. Look at that. Oh. Wow. <laughs> yep. mouth, mouth on the old frenulum there, and then a spine yeah. on the front, which is. I don't even back. feel comfortable putting that picture on the stream, so I'm just gonna leave it to the viewer's imagination. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's like there's like a, there's like two balls at the bottom too it's it's, it's phenomenal uh, um, do, you know, do you know what that monster is called so they can google it it's called mara funny that's m-a-r-a funny. i feel like that's what seth also named his penis i forget what i was talking about oh the how, how, how do you feel george about the final chapters of the side quests and the journey they took to get there because i felt like the last side quests were so special, but I heard from so many people, including Austin here, that they didn't do them because the other side quests were like, like, like rubbing sandpaper yeah. across your eyes. The side through. quests at the end are probably like a highlight of the game so far yeah. for me. Where it really is, it's the equivalent in like Mass Effect to how like you do loyalty missions to get people to like re- really believe in your cause, but like it, it doesn't. As far as I know, and Seth, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't do anything like doesn't like improve your stats or whatever. It's like literally just like a, emotional closure for you and that person's relationship. 
Yes. So like Otto, the like the lead guy who like runs the the hideout or whatever, you have a mission where like you get to basically say goodbye to him. You have a mission with Joshua, you have a mission with Jill, you have a mission with um Lady Karen, like the the shopkeeper, you have a mission with like the uh blacksmith dude. That one's sweet because it gets you the most powerful sword in the game. Which you need this time so that you can upgrade it in your second playthrough to get the the Ultima weapon. Um hate that by the way. Yeah, that sucks. No, I like it. I don't like it. I like it. It wasn't that tough. There was like five materials you needed. You got half of them just through story missions, and then the other three were like you had to hunt special yeah. pain in the pain in the dick. Well, monsters. I know, I mean just what she could get you, in your first playthrough. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Like, like, well, no, it's already it's the most powerful weapon in your first playthrough, and then you have that for your second playthrough. Like, you keep the weapon. I see what you're saying. And then oh. you up, upgrade it in your second playthrough, the weapon that you kept from the first playthrough. Okay, I see what you're saying. And so, like, you keep all your, from what I can tell, you keep all your iconic abilities and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and then yeah, just pay it forward. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I don't know. I felt bad like never doing them, but just every other side quest in that game frankly sucked and yeah Yeah. but i did go back and do a few when the dlc came out because for to access the first dlc you had to have done several of them it would not Mm. let you access the the dlc without having done jill's blacksmith one and joshua's so i did all of those and i did um orgles as well can you access the DLC after completing the main quest. You can, but it'll it'll essentially take you back to exactly where you're at right now. Okay. So it's yeah. like right before the, the final boss. Yeah. So I, should, I should just do the DLC now and then do the final boss. Frankly, probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That would be the best way to do it. After you beat the game, it does that thing where it's like, thank you for playing Final Fantasy 16. And it's like, there's still missions and stuff to do and it takes you back like the last spot before the final boss. Yeah. Shit's really annoying. You got to figure out a way to close the loop, man. That's that's really annoying. Yeah. Uh, So that's like they were, well, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. They were clearly um, intending to put DLC in the game. Yeah. That's very obvious if you pay attention to the lore and I don't understand why they like like developers keep structuring games like this with a very finite ending and then it's like all right we're gonna make dlc but we're gonna put it in the fucking middle of the story so it doesn't matter i mean i get why based on like where this mission seems like it's going it seems like there's gonna be a change for the to the world one way or the other and so like i get like the dlc wanting to take place in a version of the world but like you gotta structure it like it has to be post-game dlc like yeah, if it's if it's day, if it's day one DLC, like was it from the ashes with Mass Effect three, where like it makes sense at any point in the story, that's great. But like the Citadel DLC that like only happens, and like I get why that had to happen because like there's three different endings, so like a couple of these endings aren't going to make sense of this DLC. But like you have to figure out a way to make it either contained in that case or to close the loop and like make it yeah. make sense post game. It's I don't want to say it's like it's hard, but like. Good developers can do it. You just have to like think about it. The one character I will say though, if I'm being honest, that I felt did not get enough out of their side quests and enough um like closure was Jill. 
I don't I don't think Jill like I think Jill is a really really cool awesome character. I don't think that we get enough closure out of her side quest. We don't we don't get shit, but like you got more closure out of her from the main story missions. Yeah. than you did from her side quest. Her side quest was lame as shit. Like I'm happy I did it because I love Jill and I want to make her happy. But uh no, there's like the the mission where you were fighting Barnabas or whatever, like that was more of a exclamation point on her relationship to Clive than than her right. side mission that was supposed to focus on her. Right. So. Ooh, look at us! I'm really playing it, boys. I'm really doing yeah. it. You're gonna go you're back really and play. I'm gonna go back and play FFF one after this. Uh, after I beat this. Stop, dude! Just play four and above. Yeah, I need to go Why? back to the pixel remasters, and I was I enjoyed one for what it was, and was enjoying two, but I almost want to just like skip to four. Yeah, do four. It, the the games are 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 fine until you three. get to four, and then it's like real Final Fantasy. I really like three. I yeah, I've heard three, three is on, good too. On, on PSP a lot with you guys. Uh, it's fine. Then. Okay, it's fine. All right. It's I mean it's 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 not bad. It's good. But like real Final Fantasy starts with four. That's that's the general like that's when they started telling like real deep plots and they, they started getting like more into character development and stuff. Because I I mean, I don't know. There's there's like certain like the first Final Fantasy, like your characters aren't even really named. Right. They're just no. like there's like like you're like all four characters are like you as, as a player. You're, you're knight, mage. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, Austin, you want to talk about what you've been playing before I uh, finish us up and. Yeah, I mean, aside from Helldivers, honestly, I haven't really been playing anything. I um, a little more Fortnite here and there was trying to get the Solid Snake skins, and I have gotten all those now. So I still enjoy that game. I think it's going to be a good, like, kind of comfort food type game for me for a little while. Um, I talked about this like a few episodes ago, but I I think it's actually surprisingly good for for what it is. And it plays great on PS5. So, yeah. You know what's amazing is there's gonna be an entire generation of people who don't know why it's called Fortnite. Oh, for sure. Like, is that just it's called Fortnite? Because it was originally like a survival game where you yeah. had to survive a Fortnite, like that, oh. right? Wasn't that like the original premise? Mm-hmm. Right, because well, it was a Cliff Blazinski pitch thing, right? It was. Which I is no crazy. Idea. That was pitched when I was in college. Like, I remember watching that when I like yeah. in Burlington, Vermont. So that must have been 2013, 2012. Mm-hmm. The battle royale thing was a side like mode that they added yeah. in and it was i think because of they the success pitched. of PUBG, they decided yeah. to do it and it obviously well, they, totally they, they blew pitched up. it like left for left for dead-esque with like base building to yeah. like protect yourself at night and like fending off the hordes like it's just nuts and like that's why it's called fortnite i know and that mode hasn't been in the game for years yeah. Four, four years five years it's nuts the uh the one thing i did want to bring up though and not that i've really played enough of it but seth you brought up a little while back um i guess what is now the like a dragon series mm-hmm. um and i realized i was going on my ps5 the other day and looking through the the store and looking for seven because i have zero and kawami one but i was like you know I, i've heard seven's a pretty good place to just kind of jump in and so I was looking on the PlayStation Store and I realized I already had the game from PlayStation Plus. I don't know how long ago, but apparently they gave it out at one point. And so I downloaded it and I haven't really played much yet, but I think that's going to be like a game I'm I'm going to dive into. Something about that just feels right right now. I, I, I was I forgot to tell you guys, I was just playing that recently. Um, I didn't get too far in it, but it's yeah. really good. And it's unlike any other Yakuza games. It's a perfect place to jump in yeah. and 
um, Pedro's a huge Yakuza fan, and even he was like, dude, three, four, and five suck. Yeah. Like, I, I hate those games. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just like, all right, screw it. I played Yakuza 1 and 2. I didn't like 0 too much because I wasn't a fan of Majima. But Yakuza 7, like a dragon, is very cool because it starts with a new protagonist, and he's really funny, and he's a giant Dragon Quest fan. Yeah. Dude, literally and, in the first um, like 30 minutes, he's like, yeah, I learned everything I know from Dragon Quest. Yeah, he's like, when I'm in a fight, I pretend I'm a Dragon Quest hero <laughs> fighting monsters. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I can relate to that. Yeah. Um, Who publishes? It's Sega publishes Yakuza, yeah. right? Dragon Quest is a square game? Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty neat, right? Just yeah. like to tip the cap yep. to, a, to a competitor like that. That's cool. Yeah, it lets you know it's a Sega game uh, constantly, too, because there's giant Sega arcades all over inside the game, which you can play full versions of Virtua Fighter in, which yeah. is, like, really cool. <laughs> I really miss in-game advertising like that that, like, made sense. You know, yeah. like, uh, Crazy Taxi, another Sega game, was so good about that. And it was constantly bursting through Sega billboards or whatever. It's good shit. Yeah, George, yeah. what do you think about this rumor that Crazy Taxi is going to be a 100-player Battle Royale game? Have you seen this? I I don't love it. <laughs> Me either. Me either. Well, because there was where was it? Was it the Game Awards that announced like yeah. Crazy Taxi and uh, Jet yeah. Set and something else? Not probably not Sonic. It was. Well, it's one of the fighting games. You know, there was a Shinobi on there. I remember as well. But what was? Uh... Yeah. But but they uh, whatever. Anyway, they announced, yeah. they, they, uh, they announced going back to the well for these classics. So, like, I think there should be a mode or a separate game that's, like, a Battle Royale Crazy Taxi. That sounds kind of awesome. I, I, I don't, I don't want to buy that game. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I just want, a, like, normal Crazy Taxi, but new. <laughs> that's the thing. And, man, I am so excited to talk about this more. Uh, I'm going to find a way to make all this connected. Seth, do you have any other games you want to talk about before I talk about my last game and do a, a, a Seth way? No, no. Um, go ahead, dude. Take it. Take it away. All right. Last game I played this week, or actually two last games I played this week. What do you guys think about this? The the PSP saw like a release today on on PlayStation Plus Premium. It got Resistance Retribution. Hmm. I've been I played that for a little bit this morning after I did some exercising, and I still had some time to kill before work. And it's the same exact game, but they added dual analog support. They didn't tweak anything. It's literally just, oh, this is what would happen if there was a second. Because like, like I think it had like the face maps, so you'd move around on PSP with Resistance Retribution with like the little thumbstick on the left side, oh. and then you'd, you'd use the face buttons to move the camera yeah. and aim. Mm. So there was no thought given to like the sensitivity of having a second analog stick. So it is just the jankiest third-person shooter. And thankfully, this one has cover, and it's a way more intuitive cover system than the last Sony Ben game before that, which was Logan Shadow, I think, like the uh, Siphon Filter game. So that's like one old game I played today. Don't recommend it, but if you're looking for just like a dumb platinum and you miss Resistance, that it's it's there. I played another game that's like a full-on remake, and I think this might be the future of I want to say games, but the future of a full game calendar. Mario vs. Donkey Kong on Switch hmm. is fucking excellent. It is fucking gorgeous. And it is the best Mario platformer released in the last six months. Wow. Well, 
How many? How many is that? Like Super Super Mario two. Wonder is the other it's one. Two. So um, oh, okay. I okay. I think I think this one is I think this game is a remake of a Game Boy Advance game. I think this game is better than Super Mario Wonder. This game's mm. fucking awesome. It, granted, it's like a it's a slightly different type of puzzler or a slightly different type of platformer. It's a it's a puzzle platformer. I get all that. This game's great, and it's a remake of a GBA game. I like. I think this might have to be the future for for release calendars, where you take the bones of something that's already there, and then you just gussy it up for yeah. modern expectations. Like I think that has to be it because there were some news stories breaking about PlayStation this week. There were some news stories about Xbox, and it's clear that modern game development is out of fucking control, right. and it's too it's too expensive to keep making like oh no we're gonna make the prettiest most realistic looking game that's ever existed it's like no actually we're gonna do it it's gonna take us a little longer and a little more expensive but we're gonna do it and then some other studio is gonna have to do it too and it's like when it goes to tsushima come out 2020 mm, i think no. so 20 2019 no, no i think, think it was 2020 because last of us two Spider-Man, was spider-man was 2019 right uh, yeah Last of Us mm-hmm. Two came out r- during the pandemic, and I want to say Ghost came out like two months after, if I'm recalling properly. I mean, I can, yeah, you're probably right. And so it's like it's been four years, and we haven't heard from them. And like, I think I listened to this on GameScoop, but like, Days Gone came out 2019, and so it's like, oh, so we just haven't heard from Sony Bend in five years. And it's just all these studios are going quiet because like they have to build the future of gaming. No, you don't actually have to do that. Like I think there should be like one or two studios that are offset. So it's like every three years, maybe three studios. Yeah. So every two to three years, we get just like this epic holy shit game, right? Everything else needs to be smaller. And if you don't know what to do, just like go back to the well. Like Sony Ben, why hasn't there been like a, a siphon? filter trilogy or something that's like looks really good and hey guess what these three games combined take 16 hours to play which means wow the development time for that's going to be way way lower Dude. if you're only only building three games into 16 hours like i i think this is inevitable at this point because it is it's out of hand man it is it is fucking crazy i made a list of all the original xbox games i want to play for my collection and like the average runtime for those games is like five and a half hours yeah, for yeah. like a first-person shooter called Pariah, uh, what the fuck else? Like a, a, a Togi, you know, like all these random games. I'm like, oh, that fell through the cracks. Like, I, I really wish I could go back and play that. And they were they were five hours. They like I think the longest one I looked up was 13 hours, and that was like even it was a RPG. Those were the that days. Was 13 hours. Those were the you know, days. Like something's something's got to give. And so Mario vs Donkey Kong opened my eyes. That game is fantastic, by the way. It is. Yeah. Really pretty. It's charming. The opening cinematic is like genuinely hilarious. Where Donkey Kong sees a commercial for the Mario toys and just like holy shit, I gotta get one. Runs out to the store. They're all sold out. He loses his mind. Thankfully, though, across the street from the toy store is the Mario toy factory, and he just he just robs the factory. Takes every Mario toy that's there, and then the game is you trying to get your your toys back. I never played this original one. I only ever played was the DS one, the March of the Minis. I think uh, that yeah. was the DS one. I I played that, and that was it. Which I was more like Lemmings. I, yeah, I haven't played that one. I assume it's like that. There's like 
the way this game is set up is I think there's eight worlds. I think in the original game there were six. They added two more for this one. And there's six levels, basically, in each one where it's just like puzzles, where you have to go through, yeah. figure out a way to get three collectibles and the toy at the end of it, right? Where you have to figure out how to get the key. That opens up the first part of the stage. Then you get to the toy in the second part of the stage. And there's collectibles along the way that you go for like 100%. So that's like the first six levels of each world. And then there's a seventh mission in each world that is like you having all the toys you collected and trying to basically do the same thing, but like with very clever puzzles where it's like you're leading, they're following, you have to adjust your mm -hmm. height so to figure out ways where they can keep walking, but like you're against a wall so you don't fall off anything. Like it, it's shit like that where it is just like, you know, uh, spatial awareness and like how to keep pushing things when certain objects are blocked. And then the eighth is uh, just like a boss battle with Donkey Kong. Where it it changes each. I mean, nice. I've only played two two worlds so far, but it changes each time. It's it's fun, and it's short. Man, this is like a ten hour game, six hour game, ten hours. I think to like get everything. If you're a, a maniac, six yeah. hours just to see it through. And like, man, that sounds fucking tight. And you guys were praising a forty dollar Helldivers two. This one's fifty dollars, man. Like this is just a good looking game that's not seventy dollars. You know what game um, we're talking about remakes and ports. You know what game I keep seeing that I I'm actually like oddly feeling like the urge to buy is the Tomb Raider uh, one through three remasters that they released. Did you never play those games? No. Um, okay. Those games. Those games are like impossible. Yeah, a little rough. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend going back if you didn't play them originally because it's not going to make fucking sense. It's it's going to be yeah. really weird oh, to go back and look at them <laughs> that said they did like i think i agree that it's like really sort of like how the fuck was i supposed to know i i could go there yeah yeah gameplay or whatever the, the my biggest issue with the original tomb raider games because like remember on playstation plus they just used to give you like classics every month yep. to like supplement like the whatever uh yeah i played all the tomb raider games because my roommate in college was obsessed with them man those controls were just dog shit yeah They're really <laughs> they were so bad but they apparently made modern controls for this game so I don't know if that breaks the game. I haven't actually seen any reviews. The only thing I've seen that like made it so, oh, as soon as this game's on sale, I'm going to buy it no matter what, is like it has that thing in HD remasters where you press the start button and it goes from new graphics to old graphics, which was my favorite thing to do in Halo Anniversary. Anytime it works really well. Anytime a remaster has that, I'm, I'm just such a sucker for it. Um, one thing I did want to say is... George, you were talking about how like video game prices are out of control and how we need to how they need to like make smaller games um, and how or like they go back to the well. I have been so impressed with Crisis Core uh, Rebirth. Is that I think it's no Crisis Core uh, Reunion mm -hmm. because it looks like a full on remake and. <clears throat> It, it it looks really really good. It looks almost as good as uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I was sitting there playing it. And I'm like, man, this is enough. And I've long said that, like, I think video games have been trying for way too long to look like real life. And we don't need real life. I don't want real life. I play video games to escape real life. And I think there should be some sort of like artistic input in video games. I don't need them to be a one-to-one -one copy of, you know, the world. So 
I agree with you. I, I and Crisis Core um, is like a 15 hour game, I think. And like, that's perfect, dude. I, yeah. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. And if you want to be sweaty and beat it in two nights, go yeah. ahead. Like, like yeah. whatever. Yeah. And, and you feel like ripped off. I don't care. But there was also people that beat Final Fantasy 16 in the first weekend it came out. And I was like, I don't even fucking know how that was possible. Yeah. But that, yeah, I, I, I'm totally in agreement with you. I cannot stand. I mean, like a long game is fine every once in a while. Right. But sure. I'm so tired of it, man. I'm so over it. It's like when I see a game is like, you know, 50 to 15 above hours. It's like exhausting. Yeah, well, it's actually it's because I have all these fucking, you know, Kaseki games I got to get through. It's that, man. And it's also like. Uh, I, I really feel like all the stuff that gamers really complain about, where it's like, oh, it's just microtransactions. Oh, it feels like it's pay to play. All that stuff is there to supplement the de- development costs. Like these games are so fucking expensive to build and then maintain. For sure. That it's a single transaction isn't enough to recoup their their investment. So they have to figure out a way to extract as many dollars from you for as long as possible. And so like I actually think battle passes generally pretty good way to do it. Like you're going to be playing the game anyway, the way it's set up if there's going to be other yeah. things for you to do. Yeah, I'll I'll pitch you 10 bucks every every month, every every 6 weeks just to like keep going. So like I don't know how much money I spent on Destiny. It's a lot more than just buying $60 of of Destiny, you know? Right. That's whatever. That that's fine. But it's like God, I want to get into fucking Madden so bad. But the ultimate team stuff just seems ridiculous where like you have yes. to keep buying packs. And man, I watched this amazing video where this like former developer guy for EA Big went through and ranked all the EA big games just based on like how they hold up today. And man, I miss it. I, I miss it. Like I'm not trying to say things were better than they uh, they weren't always better, but like they felt less gross at times, which is pretty sick. And because games were cheaper to make, you could get more weird games. When was the last snowboarding game? It was like a quarter, I guess, of whatever that Ubisoft game was that like Riders Republic, where it was like one fourth of the game was dedicated to snow shit. Like, come on, man! Like, why? Are there no futuristic car games when there was so many? Like, there was Jet Moto, there was Extreme G, there was Wipeout. All these different games could exist and flourish for $40 a pop, $30 a pop, whatever they were. And yep. now we just can't get any because there's no way to figure out, like, oh, well, we need a returnable uh, revenue stream. And it's like, what if you guys just didn't spend eight fucking billion dollars making your yeah. game? But... It's ridiculous, One man. Thing... I think we're going to have like a serious problem at some point soon. And I, I know we're going to get into the Xbox news in a minute, but. Um, one thing that came out of them this past week was them saying that the the next generation of Xbox is going to be the largest graphical jump anyone's ever seen between generations. And I'm like, why? <laughs> we're, why? Yeah, why great... do we need this? We're already well, at a point where you guys are taking 20 years to make a game. We literally do not need better graphics at this point. That that's fair, but I remember at the same time, like twenty years ago, I was in high school, and it was a fuck uh, freshman in high school, uh, whatever, uh, playing games and be like, wow, like I remember playing like the Two Towers, you know, tie-in game or whatever, and just being like, man, video games, like how could how could anything look better than this, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I feel like every generation, you say like, we don't need any more, like well, how can it look better than this? It can always look better, but I your point about like. The amount of time it takes right. to make See, it look better is not worth it. 
that's the thing for me and i guess just to clarify it's not that i don't think games could look better i definitely do think they could i mean we could get as close to realistic as possible i mean i think we'll get there at some point but um it's just like from a development standpoint the better these games look the longer they take to develop and the more they cost to develop without more uh wide-ranging engines i guess like unreal engine 5 i mean that's really the only one that's you know looks gorgeous and has pretty simple tools for devs um without more expanded tool access like that i mean it's just going to get out of control and it already is out of control well that or we're going to get to a point where like nothing looks unique like it's going to like oh i want to design an open world game okay i'm just going to buy like an asset pack from unreal so every trash can is going to look the same now i don't frankly give a shit if every trash can looks the same but i also know these are creative people who have a vision you know, like yep. it's going to be the business people who say, just use the stock trash can for sure. And they're the ones who sign the checks or the ones who give approval. They're the ones who allow things to get done. And then it's the creatives who are going to be fucking unhappy. And so it's like, it's no shock to me that like so many popular games these days are from split offs of like big studios, yeah. you know, <laughs> where it's like, fuck it, man. Like if I can make one game that's $14 and sell a million copies, like I'll be fine you know like it, it's starting to become like a different kind of rat race that's because th- like what's the the alternative is just working in a studio for six dollars selling six million copies and it's like oh that's a huge amount of, of money we make great job but it doesn't cover development costs you get laid off like what the fuck's the point of that too like it'd be really neat uh, some security and I guarantee none of these games, like game studio closures, happen because the creatives weren't talented. It, like it is no. never the creative's fault why this shit happens. Even the worst game, it's not because the creatives behind the de- development, the programmers, it's not because they were bad at their job. It's because the fucking money people ruined it, right? It's because they had unreasonable expectations. It's because they allowed projects to get out of control. It's because there was no general oversight. <laughs> and like that's why shit falls apart. That's like when. That's for, like for, yes, for big games. Yes. I know this has been forever ago at this point, but that's like when the first Tomb Raider reboot came out and it sold like what was it like nine million copies or something? And Square was like it, was it under lot. it undersold. I'm yeah, like, dude, dude, Square what? always has some weird shit like that. <laughs> well, it, it undersold because all their Japanese games. I've been listening to a lot of Game Scoop from like that era of of games, just because I, I wasn't listening to Game Scoop and. It's kind of exciting to listen to some stuff. I got some real fucked up stories to tell you about stuff that happened on GameScoop when we're not recording. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's it's in that era that, that we're talking about, and that was when like even like Japanese developers had no faith in the Japanese development community, right? They were like, "Man, this is all going to shit." The same way how like a few years later, like all Japanese like uh, was it M- mangakas, M- mangakis, like the people who work on manga and stuff, uh, were just like, "Yeah, there's no such thing as good anime anymore," <laughs> you know? Like they were just shitting on their industry so much, and so like the reason Square selling that many copies wasn't enough was because it didn't change the fact that like uh well 13-3 didn't sell very well well uh, right. this other game didn't sell very well yeah um one thing i will say though just real quick before we move on is pretty amazing that like maybe we need to figure out what remedy's doing right because yeah. control being made for 30 million dollars that's a sweet spot whatever they're doing let's let's mimic that with i don't care if it's hallways right mm-hmm. I, i'm cool with that like also I, not every world needs to be open. They said, um, I forget the exact number, but they came out and said that Alan Wake 2 has sold like 2 million, I think, 2.5 million, which, yeah, 
is for a title of that like caliber is pretty low but when they announced it they were like congrats we've sold this much like it was very positive so clearly they're doing something right when it comes to budget and like expectations for the the sale of of their games george couldn't wait anymore he's going to pay yeah we'll fill it in Austin, how you doing i'm doing how you making that buddy i'm doing good good? how are you i'm doing i'm doing pretty good i uh it's my day off my second half taking off tomorrow too so really happy about that what are you going to be doing you're going to be oh, drinking you. some goat milk no not drinking any goat milk no goat I milk. see that andy's andy's rocking her switch yeah stitch sweatshirt that's right that's right speaking of world. have yeah. you seen the news that they're making a live action stitch movie hate that i do it irks me it boils my blood <laughs> um why like why does why do we need this i don't know i don't what is do that? Well, okay here's a topic for you why do we need live action and it's like disney specifically why do we need live action yeah. conversions of disney animated films i don't know have any of them done well are, are any of them well received i don't think so beauty and the beast i think was, was generally well received right like half of them came out and just died instantaneously. To yeah, be honest with but you, Disney Disney refuses to give up on them too. Like they're like really like, like going after everything. Like I told you at the parks. By the way, we were at Disney World last week. That's right. Um, I am so irritated. They're making a Hercules live action movie. Like like in my mind, that movie is perfect, and there's nothing wrong with it being animated. It doesn't need to be live action, and and I, I just hate it. It it kills me inside so i'm looking at at some of the the uh ones they're working on right now these are all live action projects they are currently working on the lion king sequel called mufasa the lion king snow white moana lilo and stitch hercules bambi the sword and the stone robin hood the aristocrat cats and untitled third maleficent film those are all films they're working on that are going to be live action. Well, here's my thing. Why are they? Okay. So like, here's my problem with the Lion King, right? Why did we, we remade the Lion King. We called it live action, not live action, by the way, all computer graphics looks worse than the original because it's fucking computer graphics. And the original was beautifully hand-drawn animation. It's what is going on here? Well, you, the Lion King is a is a ten out of ten perfect movie. We didn't need to remake it in shitty CG. Also, fuck off, Disney. Also, it's like a one to one remake. Yes. How, what how, was the how, point? How, no, but like, how is it twenty minutes longer? Oh, <laughs> like uh, it was the knows? same. It was the same movie. It was like the same Dude, scenes. Like, how looking, is it a longer movie? I'm looking through some of the ones that have released, and like, I couldn't have even told you that some of these released. Like, I do not recall. The Sorcerer's Apprentice being turned into a live action movie in 2010. That one was actually kind of fun. Yeah, that was, that I know, that was a Disney animated movie. I don't yeah. remember that. Um, well, Sorcerer's Apprentice was like a short with uh, Mickey Mouse where he was the Sorcerer's Apprentice and he, like, yeah. tri- he has to clean up the tower and then cast a spell that was like all the brooms, you know, mopping yeah. and, and sweeping and shit. The Jungle Cage. The Jungle Book. That came out. Nobody ever Jay, talks about that. Jay Baruchel, too. Yeah. Um,. The Jungle Book was fine. That was like the first one they did. Lady and the Tramp. That came, came out. out. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently five years ago it did, Seth. Well, the reason they do this shit is because like it makes marketing easier. 
right? And so that's, in theory, money they can save on the movie because they have to market it less because in a generation of people knows what the Jungle Book is. A generation thinking, of people knows what the Lion King is, you know? I was wondering if it was a trademark thing. If they're like, oh, we got to use this trademark so that it doesn't expire or something. And I'm not sure. Because uh, I think the Jungle Book is public domain. Dis- like, most of Disney's stories are public yeah. domain. And so you're right. It could be where it's like, oh, well, the, this character design of Cinderella lapses. But then there was like a 30, 40, 50 year stretch where it wasn't. And like all these announcements were made before Republicans got pissed off at Disney and then like revoked their. their yep. well, they, they called it like the Mickey Mouse copyright law. Yes. Right? Like, I was, just found out about that recently. Because it was basically in place just for them. Yeah. They kept donating to Disney, like strong armed politicians into extending the like the public domain law. I think it's 70. It's supposed to be 50 years. Right? Yeah, they did it I mean, like three or four times or something. It was. That sounds I, that sounds like a pretty reasonable thing to, to revoke, though, like a rare dub for Republicans. Right. So, no, well, they did it because <laughs> of like the wokeness of disney world and Ron DeSantis oh. and all that stuff like that that was why they did it i don't really uh, care how I, we got there i just it's I, more I, or less, well, I, know, generally, like, I generally agree though that it was a good thing that it ended just because it's like well give someone else a chance but like all they ever do is adapt public domain shit anyway so like that stuff is free for anyone to adapt and then it's like the details in their movies that became the new public domain because everyone saw them you know what I mean? True. Like the idea of like the three blind mice or whatever, like the way they look is the way you imagine them is the way they look in that movie. So like you can't make any three blind mice that look like the three blind mice from Disney. It's like that becomes the new copyright from public domain. Whereas like DreamWorks does that. Whereas DreamWorks does adaptations like Shrek was a children's book. How yeah. to Tame Your Dragon was a children's book. Even fucking Boss Baby was a children's book. It just it, it frustrates me to no end that we're taking these great movies and being like, let's make shitty versions of them. Like, I, I will not watch the Hercules movie because the Hercules is a perfect movie. No, I love we that. We are the muses. You know, the best yeah. version of Hercules was in the hit uh, franchise by Tetsuya Nomura, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, the best, the best version of Hercules was played by uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson in like 2012. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was so fucking bad. I never watched it. <laughs> that movie was genuinely wow. Speaking of The Rock, the reason I think he's like really coming back to wrestling, like one, he's like on the board of TKO, which is like the parent company of, yes. of WWE now and UFC. And like I just like all the shit I see on Twitter, like I'm, I'm, it's probably not true, but I've been seeing it so much, I'm starting to believe it. It's just like all of his movies suck the past couple years. You know, like even like the. Even him in Fast and Furious like hasn't really been enjoyable since five, and so it's just one of those things. Where it's like, oh well, no one likes me over here at this lunch table. Maybe if I go back to my old lunch table, my old friends will still want to sit with me. Like that's, I'm probably getting Twitter pilled, but like that's kind of what it's starting to feel like. Well, let me look at his filmography here. Actually, the filmography is not as long as like you would think it is. Did people like uh, the Jungle Cruise movie he did? Speaking of Disney, I never saw that, that movie, movie. That movie fucking sucked. That okay. was like, it, okay. I think that was a day and date on Disney Plus because I was like still like pretty early pandemic. Like I think it was like 2021. I see. I wanted to like that movie so much. It was so fucking bad because it had vibes of Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Because it's a different ride yeah. like Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean shouldn't have been a good movie based on the ride. The ride is delightful. I love it. I love it because I went on it when I was five, you know, so I've got, I've yeah. got some core memories attached to that. The ride itself, go on that as an adult, you're like, wow, this fucking sucks. 
Um, and Jungle Crew, same thing. So, I mean, people liked Hobbs and Shaw, I think. They didn't like Shazam. I mean, he, he's in a lot of movies that people don't give a shit about, for sure. I didn't... I guess he is in Fast 10. I didn't think he was. But him and uh, Vin Diesel like feud, so he hasn't been in the last few Fast and Furious movies. That Jumanji uh, movie he was in, I heard people like okay. that. I okay. never watched Juman- that. Okay, Jumanji is actually really good. Jumanji um, 2 yeah, is I didn't, Jumanji 2 I didn't is watch fine. Jumanji. I, I, I forgot really, there was a Rampage movie. Do you guys remember there was a Rampage movie that yeah. he starred in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And a Skyscraper movie that he starred in. I mean, like, he is in a lot of crappy movies. My my theory with The Rock is that... He's also in San Andreas, too. My theory with The Rock is that he just accepts anything because he loves money. That's 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 my my thing, right? But I will say I was a big fan of him in... um the Where, where is it here? Red, the Rundown? The Rundown? No. Um, the, I don't say Netflix, Red. The Red Tooth Notice. Fairy. Uh, that, mo- that movie was fucking awful, man. That movie was so I bad. Was I thought it was fun. I liked it. <laughs> that movie cost two hundred million dollars to make, and like every shot of them in Paris is on a green screen. It's like, what the fuck did you spend two hundred million dollars on that you couldn't get The Rock in Paris? Like, you can't just. Oh my god, that movie! Like, it just it looks like shit. I think that's my biggest problem. Like, I thought the Marvels was good. I thought it was like an enjoyable movie. My big issue is like. God, you guys should probably figure out ways to like not film so much on green screen because like this movie just looks like doo doo. Like, stop making movies that look like shit. Don't be a pussy. Like, go shoot on location. It's pretty cool. It's it's nice when you do that. It looks like he averages about two movies a year. So he's actually his filmography is not as long as I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be like a fucking. Honestly, it seems think, like that, but not, no, not really. I was just looking one, at it. One too. of the best one of the best movies he made was called uh, The Rundown. Which yes. came out in 2004, 2003. 2003. I'm actually a bigger fan of Walking Tall than I am The Rundown, but I will say The Rundown, Walking Tall. I haven't seen those movies. movies. I, love Sean Williams. I, lo- I love Sean William Scott, so I got to give it to The Rundown. Gridiron Gang was another one that he made that was oh. phenomenal. It, so. it, was, it was just like, hey, what if we did Remember the Titans, but modern? That's a true story. So was Clash the or remember the Titans. Yeah, so was Clash. Gang. So was Clash of the Titans. Red Iron Gang, better, better movie. Oh, I, 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 I don't care. I don't care. I actually Get don't care. Here. I actually don't care about either of those movies. I gotta be honest. Rock says, "I forget. What the, I forget the quote that was in my head about Red Iron Gang, <laughs> but it's a good movie. You should watch Red Iron Gang." Okay. I've never seen Remember the Titans. Did we move on to uh, the next subject, or were you guys no? No, we were no. in conversation. We were, oh, we were slamming on some Disney uh, live action nonsense. Okay, yeah. uh, the the reason I brought that up and we had that conversation is because of this Xbox news that broke last week. So there was a lot of like rumors swirling, right, about like, oh man, Starfield's gonna come to PlayStation. Indiana Jones gonna be six month delay, then it's gonna come to PlayStation, and it's just the idea of like exclusivity being over because like they paired that with the quote about like every screen is an xbox right like looking forward just like real blue ocean strategy shit that like nintendo was talking about in the mid-2000s and so then they had like their podcast i didn't even listen to the podcast i read i didn't either i read through the transcript because like i'll listen to like an authentic podcast if it's phil spencer on a gaming podcast that's not his like yeah I'll, I'll take that one like i'll listen to that if it's like an xbox branded experience like i don't i don't care <laughs> like that's 
Cool. You just made like a, a sixty-minute, a fifty-four-minute commercial for your brand. Like that's that feels different to me than getting insight into like an industry leader. I hate those podcasts. I'm just. I know that's not what we're talking about here, but like the PlayStation Blog podcast. I'm like, no, this is. They'll put up an episode, and it's like uh, first impressions of Horizon Two. Dude, you literally work for the company that made the freaking game. I'm not going <laughs> to trust a word you say. Right. <laughs> Anyway, so, there's so my spiel. This, hap- this happened, and it happened in a really weird week where, like, Sony was also having some some weird news stories come out at the same time. Not about them going multi-platform, but about them, like, announcing, like, oh, hey, we're actually not going to release any sequels to any existing IP for the calendar year 2025. Right? Like, that was their big announcement. So, like, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima 2, which should be fucking done by now. Uh, like, that's not coming out. Uh, so there's like nothing that we know about. So like on one hand, people overreact because like you're not releasing a single first party game. And it's like no, he didn't say that. They said they're not releasing anything tied to like an already existing continuity. But then some others saying that like oh because console sales are slowing down, like the console's nearing the end of its life cycle. It's like no, bitch. Actually, we're hitting the fucking prime. Like everything should be coming out. Like we should be getting a new game every six months because it has been. So fucking long of having these games, and like we talked about it on the show a bunch, that like it didn't feel like this generation of consoles started until last summer when Starfield and Final Fantasy 16 came out. Right, for sure. And so these four games, like he didn't even announce which games, which is just like fucking infuriating that he didn't announce which games. But like the rumors are, it's grounded, it's Peternet, Peternament, Peniment, Peniment, Peniment. Yeah. Um, some other multiplayer game, I think by Sea of Thieves. See, yeah. Thank you. And then I can't remember the fourth game. Mm. And so that's the point that it's like four games you don't care about, but High-Fi it makes Rush. sense as well. Okay, High Fire Rush. So it's like two single player games and two multiplayer games. The multiplayer games make perfect sense. Like those games live and die by their user base. You want that on as many things as possible. For sure. And it was announced that like basically PlayStation Five is outselling Xbox uh, Series X and S two to one. So yeah, it makes sense that you'd want to like open this up to greener pastures on other consoles. And like that ties into our conversation that we were having earlier about just like the rising cost of development where like you need to recoup, you need to get eyes on your product. Well, like you need, need to get dollars. I just think, I mean, it seems to me like maybe the original plan was to go full like third party exclusive. Like maybe that was a push from the top of Microsoft and um maybe the guys at xbox kind of pushed back on it and they they reached um you know a middle ground on that because it doesn't really make sense to just go like oh we're only releasing four it's like well no there's more that are eventually going to come you're not just going to release four um and also you also you already publish minecraft on playstation and switch and ori and the blind forest was also on uh switch as well I'll just say, I think it makes sense for Xbox just to go third party at this point. Like we've for I mean, it's been it's been like a decade. We've been like every year. This is going to be Xbox's year. They've been holding out. They've been quiet. This is the year they're going to come out and like really start throwing some punches. And it just never happened. And I mean, at this point, they have so many studios that they own that they can be the biggest third party publisher in the world. And it's like. Why wouldn't you do that as opposed to just like limping along on your own console because you're stubborn? And I know like that that is upsetting to a lot of people who are big fans of Xbox, but at the same time, like, well, we saw this happen with like Sega and Atari and you know, 
It's just, well, it's just the way things go. Frankly, you got to kind of read the room, to be honest. I mean, they are clearly, and I mean, I don't know. I'm sure someone disagree with me, but they're clearly moving in a direction that's like, we don't necessarily care about the system. Yeah. We care more about Game Pass and the games themselves. And that's just been like a consistent theme of theirs over the past four or five years. I mean, ever since they launched Game Pass, it's been all about it seems like they've marketed Game Pass more than the systems themselves. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure there would have to be some agreements in place, but I, I don't see why they couldn't uh, at some point work in a Game Pass like subscription on other systems as well. I'm sure that will happen. I think that's their overall goal. I mean, that that appears to be the case at least. So, but um, Bullfrog in the chat, he said he he thinks four will be to just test the waters. Maybe they'll uh, sell more once they sell well, which I'm sure will be the case. Oh yeah, but, I bet Hi-Fi Rush sells like gangbusters on PS4 for sure. Sorry, PS5 for sure. Like that that seems clear. There was a a video I saw. I want to say it was like vintage video gamer some some british guy who makes like decent videos on youtube went through it and just like listed and showed gameplay of like the 30 games that microsoft published that has appeared on other consoles and like most of them appeared on ds and like game boy advance and like the majority of them were like rare games right because of their existing relationship with nintendo but it was just like oh yeah we're like we're doing this just because we don't see them as a competitor like we don't have anything in the handheld market so it's like it doesn't hurt anyone to release diddy kong racing ds you know yeah or like the nintendo faithful <laughs> who like played that game on n64 before we bought rare and so this isn't that right like this is like a direct competitor that you'd be releasing a game like let's just say let's right. just take these titles at face value hi-fi rush smaller little action game right like musical that was the one they released just like out mm-hmm. of nowhere at the beginning of the year last year it's just like holy shit microsoft like they got they got they had some fucking pitches we haven't seen yet all right and then it was like starfield and then i, I can't name like another big xbox game that came out last year like right? forza <laughs> maybe was forza uh, last oh, year? But like oh but motorsport like the actual yeah. like sim one yeah. okay um okay yeah that was yes i i forgot that that happened last year yeah but like these other games, like they make sense because, like we said, or like I said, like they they live and die by their audience. And like you guys agree with that, right? Like a game like Grounded, sure. a game like Sea of Thieves is only as good as its user base. Yeah. But this shift in in policy, like I think it makes perfect sense. What do you guys think? You remember when Sony was like losing money so much during the PS3 generation? It was because of 3D TVs. Like 3D TVs were actually like they Dude. spent all this time developing it, all this time producing 3D TVs that just weren't bought by anyone. I have like the little PlayStation monitor, which I actually really love. I think it's cool. Uh, yeah, I think it's sick. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, but like PlayStation was actually like a division of Sony that was profitable. Yeah. So like they were, I don't want to say carrying Sony, but like, yeah, it was like it was good to look good. And then like Microsoft, like is Xbox a, a profitable division of? No. Is Xbox profitable for Microsoft? I don't know. Like, uh, what were their numbers that they released for Game Pass? It's like what thirty-one million, thirty-four million. They don't generally like talk about Game Pass numbers yeah. uh, for the last couple of years, as far as I know. But they, there was they, there, was the, there was the stuff though from the 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 court situation, those documents that leaked, and it talked about some of it. Yeah. But I don't remember. And so, so you have to figure out, like, all right, so that's yeah. like a recurring revenue stream of let's say conservatively 25 million people are subscribed to right. Game Pass, right? 
So 25 million times, what is it now for a month of Game Pass? 15? All right, so I 25. I think it's 15.99. I just bought it to get Persona. All right, then how are they not profitable if they're making that? Like 25 million times 15 a month. Well, I'll tell you because, um, for instance, Persona 3 Reload came out, right? And I activated Game Pass and played Persona Reload for $15 and and I'm canceling Game Pass again. So like how any way you slice it, the bottom line is that I just played Persona 3 Reload for $15, you know? And mm-hmm. you know, like when Forza 5 came, Forza, Forza Horizon 5 came out, same thing. I played Forza Horizon 5 for $15. And you just you can't do that. If if Game Pass wasn't an option, I would have bought Persona Reload for seventy dollars. So, video game like look at the situation on PS Five, for example. They're already struggling with game prices, right? We switch over to Game Pass, and all of a sudden, like people are paying way less for games. Yeah, it's just all there is to it. I just don't see a way. Yeah, sure, like that's a lot of money, but look at how many fucking games are on Game Pass. It's like disgusting and and they're new as well. Like the games on Game Pass aren't trash. I said they were trash when Game Pass first came out. I, I still stand by that, that at that time they were trash. But like, look at Starfield. Starfield came out and Starfield took forever for Bethesda to make. And it was probably their most expensive game yet. And almost everybody played Starfield for $15. And that was that's it, dude. So like sure there's a lot of people playing it and there's a lot of people subscribed and it's a lot of money coming in, but it is a shitload of money coming out. So yeah, that's, that's how I view, you know, like I wonder, I would hope that we, not that they have to release this, but I hope at some point we get an answer as to whether or not it's profitable for them or not. I don't see how it could be, to be honest. No, there's no way. Um, just with the sheer amount of games on there. And like you said, Seth, I mean, a, a bulk of them are new games and I don't know, man. It's just, it's interesting. Um, clearly, well, Microsoft has like a crap load of money and they can do whatever they want. So maybe they're just well, kind of infusing money into the it's, Xbox it's brand. It's funny because like you're seeing all this shit with like streaming services, right? And it's like, yeah, like they were making money hand over fist like in early Netflix days when they would just license it. They're like, yeah, sure, fuck it. Like you can run yeah. our show. You can run The West Wing on Netflix. You can run... Uh, Sopranos, you could run The Wire, whatever. Like there used to be all these HBO shows on on Netflix, and it wasn't a big deal because there was no HBO streaming thing, there was no NBC streaming thing, there was no CBS streaming thing. So that's why like Doctor Who was there. That's why the uh, Friends was there. You know, like all all this shit that was awesome. And uh, then everyone's just like, wait a second, they're making so much fucking money over here at Netflix. Like screw this. Like we should make our own. And like, we'll yeah. just get that money. And so now there's just like less content on Netflix, which makes me less excited about Netflix personally. But that's bes- that's beside the point. Now all these like content producers are running their own streaming services and losing so much fucking money because it turns out what people were paying for was basically perfect cable, where it was everything they wanted on demand all the time, all at one place for one fee. Yep. And now they've recreated the cable model, except made it way more fucking annoying with all these right. different services. So like, you got Paramount, you got Peacock, you got. Uh, Showtime merged. Uh, you got Max. You got all these different places that all this content lives, and like they're finding out how expensive it is to the point where like HBO is now starting to license their stuff out. You know, because like they're trying to generate interest in Max by giving some of their shows. Like 
I'm pretty sure The Wire is now back on Netflix. Like it's right. Ballers. Speaking of The Rock, which is actually a pretty good Rock series, uh, all things considered, he's like a sports agent in Florida. Uh, like Ballers is on Netflix, and they're just trying to figure out like what they can live with and what they can live without. But like all these companies are talking about merging because it's just like so fucking expensive to like maintain and run this and then not get the recurring revenue of just like licensing your content out and like basically getting paid royalties for how many times it airs. Right. Like they were making money without having to spend any money running a service like this. And like, dude, that's for TV shows. That's for TV shows that were made 40 years ago. Yeah. TV shows that were made 60 years ago. Fucking much money did Starfield cost last year? You know, like well, it's insane that like they think this can work when like the cheapest version of this hasn't worked. Like the most affordable, like even comic book streamers go out of business, you know? And yeah. Bullfrog in the chat brings up a good point. He he said, you know, look at the Ubisoft service, the EA service. We're starting to get to this point now too with games. It's taking a little longer, but um, yes. PlayStation Plus obviously is now got the the Game Pass competitor, and then I would even throw in like the Nintendo Switch Online into that because it's essentially the same idea with subscribing to get the retro games. And so I think we're going to get to a point where. The Nintendo one's probably not as uh, egregious because I'm sure that costs them like nothing. But when it comes well, to these that, services um, releasing new games, like we're going to keep getting more and more of these services. And I think it is going to become a problem as well, just like it is with TV and film. Yeah. The best thing Game Pass does is marketing because, like, I, I think we talked about this on the show last summer because I got really pissed off at it. Yeah. Man, PlayStation Plus is like just as good as Game Pass. Like there's, it, it's not day and date with brand new releases. So like in that regard, it fails. Yeah. But man, there's so many fucking good games on, on PlayStation Plus, especially on premium. It, yeah. It's like incredible how much is available there. And I think it's, I think it comes out cheaper too. Like I, I they, they just announced that they were going to raise the price. It is cheaper. For, uh, for starting next year or either later this year or early next year. I can't remember which one, but like, man, it's cheaper. It's just as good. And it's just like, no one gives a shit about that. But like, I personally don't give a shit about Game Pass. I had it for two years. And I'm like, nah, I, I didn't play anything. <laughs> like there was nothing to play. There is cool a to, cool to play Gears of War. That was neat. There's yeah. a lack of value for me in Game Pass where I've never beaten a game on Game Pass where like I'll look at it. I'll play a game on Game Pass. And then I'm like, I lose interest for some reason. Because anytime, anytime I'm even a little bit bored, I'm like, man, eh, whatever. Put it away. I don't have a vested interest in this at all, you know. Because so, you have no fi- you have no financial interest in it, right? Right, right. Fifteen dollars a month means fifty cents a day. Yeah, it's like nothing. so. Like that that has no inherent value. Whereas yeah. like seventy dollar purchase, like you're gonna play that fucking game, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I just I don't know. Game Pass is like a really cool service. I I would pay. I don't disagree. I would pay a lot more for Game Pass. I think. But I'm in a, in a very small minority on that. Like, I think a lot of people wouldn't be willing to pay like $50 for a subscription service. But if Game Pass had like a stellar library and it worked really well and, and you know, I could play it on like a remote device on my TV seamlessly, I would be willing to pay that much for Game Pass, even like $70 a month. Right. That's a, that's a the generator of a new game a month. However, you know, whatever. There is so much value in Game Pass. And Microsoft is not extracting it because I think they're scared of the price tag. They're scared if they jack that price up to $25 or $30 a month, probably, they're going to get a ton of people to drop out, probably because they look at other subscriptions like Netflix and whatnot. And they're like, well, we can't charge people more than Netflix. 
right? And we can't be the most expensive. But the reality is that the products on Game Pass are probably far more valuable than the products on Netflix or HBO or anything like that. Like, Like, it's just it's insane the amount of money that's in game pass. And it, I would not be surprised if like it is really putting a hurting on Microsoft's wallet. It, it would not surprise me in the least if, if no, game pass well, was they, like draining money a, from Microsoft. This is also what companies do though. Like how cheap was Lyft and Uber when that shit came out, right? You can right. get across town for $4, like in San Francisco, it would, it would cost me four seventy five basically to get from downtown San Francisco to my apartment five miles away. Like no matter what the traffic was. Right. And now like you take a lift that's that same distance, it's like twenty five dollars. You know, like they, they just they came in, they ate the cab business, destroyed that model by undercutting them, rode that for five, six years until the cabs just couldn't take it anymore. And then they just jacked the price up. And it's like I assume that's gonna happen. They're talking about that for sports streaming, where I think it's ABC slash ESPN. I think it's it's not NBC. It's Turner. And then I think it's CBS. Like they're talking about like creating basically like a joint sports package where before cable, like really, or uh, sports channels, like ESPN was like the most profitable company basically of all time because they would get subsidies from the rest of the cable package or rest of the cable bundle that they were on. So they just got made money hand over fist. Whether people watched ESPN or not, everyone was paying for ESPN. And that was how they became so powerful. And so now they're talking about like starting a new streaming service. That's like the combined efforts of those three people I just listed. And I, I probably got one wrong. I apologize. Um, but like they're talking about it. And it's like, oh, yeah, I was listening to a podcast. Like, oh, how much do you think this would be a month? In my head, I'm like, well, I don't know. It's probably like 12 to $15. And he's like, yeah, I think like 35 to 40 is like a realistic price point, which like makes sense. Because you think about how many people only have cable because of sports. Yeah, it makes sense. But that's like, good Lord. But for a streaming what a world service, we live in. Uh, I mean, that would get you every nationally broadcast basketball game. Like, the problem is, it's just like, like, what about local shit? You know, like, is, yes. is that not included? Like, and so, like, that's just, I don't know. Everyone is just so greedy about getting, like, their slice of pie that, like, they're just they're making it, frankly, like, not fun for everyone else. Like, it, it yeah. kind of sucks trying to get the few things you want. I do. I'll be honest. I do kind of feel like, because it, the people that, run these companies are not dumb right the finance people i i really do in my heart believe that game pass was an initiative to really injure sony like i think microsoft's strategy these last few years has been let's do as much damage to sony as possible to try and get some footing here because they were getting clobbered right so let's let's jump into our pockets and make this game pass system and buy a whole bunch of developers and, and publishers and, and and get them in there and then like we'll undercut them and then jack the price up it makes sense as a strategy to me i mean that's what i would do right like if i really needed to get it makes sense and I had that ability why wouldn't they and it, that's what i think the the, the point was because they knew they had to have known they were gonna lose money on it right 15 dollars a month is nothing and for the mo- yeah. a long time, you could get Game Pass for practically free. You could get Game Pass. There was like Game Pass vouchers left and right in Xbox games, and you could get it for like one dollar on sales and stuff like that. People were like buying t- two years of Game Pass for like twenty bucks. It was crazy, dude. I don't know but if you can all- s- still do that, but there was a period of like for several years where yeah, you could 
what it would like somehow upgrade your Xbox Live Gold membership if you added Game Pass to it. So people would go and buy like four years of Xbox Live Gold, then do the one dollar thing. And it would be like a fraction of the price for four years of Game Pass. Yeah. Some ridiculous deal. People were doing that. So and Microsoft, Microsoft knew people were doing yeah. it. Like they're not dumb. It was there for so years. They were like, they just didn't care that you weren't giving them money for a while. And it's like, okay, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. It's, it's the only way I can think about it is that like they they were really desperately trying to crater Sony. So and, and it, it seems like it has not worked in their favor whatsoever. So now it seems like, okay, holy shit, let's break the glass and start publishing these games on other platforms to make some of that money back. All right. I think we covered that topic pretty good. Does anyone have any closing thoughts? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I'm excited to talk about Nintendo Switch news next week. Next week? If you want to talk about it tonight. I don't know. How long have we been running? One like, hour? Like an hour and a half. Like six hours. All right. We can talk about it next week. We had a good, a good show. Well, let's, let's save that because there's also like a Nintendo Direct That's happening true. this week, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so right. next next week we're not going to make. I think there's a Pokemon Direct happening the 29th, so mm-hmm. we're going to miss that one. But um, or is it the 27th? Is it today? Is it Tuesday? Hold on, now I got to look it up. Um, I did see, however, that there's a rumor going around, as there have been about literally everything, including that Xbox thing. A duck just quacked. I didn't know that these were an option. <laughs> There's been a rumor going around about how apparently they're going to announce like gold and silver remakes at that event next week, oh, and I 100% do not believe that. That would that's be so tight. That's because, no. That's be, no, that's because the way they coded the um the YouTube thing, right? Like it listed uh, like under it says like games, and it was like Pokemon Gold and Silver. Like that came up in like a, a tag on the YouTube video. And it's like I don't know if that was by accident or if that is intentional. It's time, dude. It's so time for a Gold and Silver modern game. Do you want it to be like uh, Let's Go, or do you want it to be like Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl? February twenty seventh, by the way. So one week from today. So we will have seen it for next week's cool. podcast. All right. Next week. Next week's so a Switch episode. In theory, Coach. Will not be here again, right? No, he's. What do you mean? We've been waiting. Well, I thought his schedule slowed down in two weeks. But that doesn't mean he won't be on next week. It's just. It kind of made it sound like he won't be able to make an episode for the next (laughs) two weeks, which isn't that different than the last two hundred weeks. But I mean, I like you know, it's it's fine. Two hundred? Oh my god! Yeah, that's actually probably accurate. Yeah, I I, I miss that fucker. Yeah, dude, if if I was to choose, I would choose a, a Brilliant Nine Shining Pearl type remake because I liked Let's mm. Go, but I I wasn't a fan of the like, I don't want to I don't want to evolve my Pokemon with candies and catch the same Pokemon over and over and over again. It's not how I like to play Pokemon. Yeah, I'll, I'll play Pokemon Go. Right. But when I'm playing like the actual games, I want to like catch my Charmander and evolve my Charmander, right? Like, I don't even get deep into like the, um, the the traits or whatever the the fuck they're called. You know, like the very small stats that grow I, and like I the, the stack. Yeah, or is it Ivy or 
four because it's also there's ivies and there's evies the ivies are the ones that the pokemon innately has the evies are the ones i think that grow as you use the pokemon. and the ivies when you go to the hospital and you need like some fluids mm-hmm. those two it's, but it's um, also where also where really <laughs> smart people go right like they went to college at the IVs. Yeah, right yeah. true um bullfrog in the chat says uh brilliant diamond shining pearl was just lacking a certain magic um, I, I don't disagree with that I think I don't dis- I don't disagree either. I think if they remake them in that style, I here's my another huge problem I had with with Diamond and Pearl. For the love of God, include the content from the third game. Yeah, what is up with that? Don't freaking yeah. remake the the originals and not include the stuff from Platinum. Don't this remake Gold and Silver and not include the stuff from Crystal. Like, yeah. For yeah. Seth, I if I'm playing a game for the first time, I want it to be the original Pokemon yeah. formula. If I'm revisiting a game, I want it to be the Let's Go style. Yeah, I mean, and don't so get me wrong. Like, I, I liked Let's Go. I thought it was a, yeah. a really fun like like mix up. But first off, it was too easy. It, it, listen, it was a breeze. I I know they were trying to get like young kids in. We played it as young kids. We didn't need our handheld like that. The, we got I, obliterated. I, I, we got easy. obliterated, I, I, and we I loved actually, it. I, <laughs> I actually did. No, I actually didn't even my head handheld. I bought two guides, like two different strategy guides to figure but out. See, that was part of the fun. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, it was really cool after spending $30 on a game was spending $40 on two bucks to beat the fucking <laughs> game. That was super easy for me as an eight year old to do. You know how many fucking lawns I had to mow? How much, <laughs> it's an how that was part of the fun. Part of the fun. How many snows I had to shovel to get those strategy guides? Um, I like, but here's the thing is like, I don't think I've played any other game that I know that well, other than the first two. Like I, yeah. I beat the first one it, 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 at least 15 times. Yeah. I beat silver and gold 10 times. And then platinum, I played one time, but I played it one time for like 400 hours. Like I, I, so I really love that game, but I haven't touched it in 15 years. So like, it was nice to play it again. But, uh, now if I'm revisiting something super familiar, no, like I like give me the cliff notes, you know, like let me feel the way I felt, but like don't make me do the same thing I did all this lifetime ago. It was like twenty years ago though, like I can, I can get an original remake, you know, like it's it's, it's cool. Yeah, so, 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 like I, but like I did it. You know, point being that we're talking about all this, I don't think they're gonna announce anything next week. I think it's gonna be a joke because all those Pokemon Day events have always been like eh, Pokemon Sleep. Toothbrush. Yeah. I mean, it's time for them to announce a new Pokemon game, though, right? Like they usually have a Pokemon game every year, yeah. And like it's they should, and every what three years is a new generation, generally, typically three or four years. Yeah. So we're getting up on that time where it's 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 about time to announce like their mid gen game, and then it's about time to announce because like Scarlet and Violet should have a follow up following the formula. Whether it's you know an ultra game or you know like a two or you know, well, you know uh, purple or you know. they, I mean they they did do they? that with Sword and Shield yeah will they though because they did the DLC for Scarlet and Violet it seems like DLCs yeah. kind of replaced the the third game I'm so cool with Sword that and too Shield. yeah I haven't played the DLC yet you know what I want you know what I really looked want? really ugly I, obviously like Gold and Silver are great I think probably my favorite Pokemon game because you got to go back to Johto the other Kanto that was so amazing. yeah they're the best so cool. they're the best games. Man, give me fucking black and white, man. Like I, yeah, that's I, what I, I, was I, say. I, I, I barely touch those games. I think that's coming. Obviously, there's some revisionist history with black and white. I feel people did not like those games when they came out. And I say that. I remember, let me let me 
yeah. let me revise that. Some people did not. I love those games. I thought they were actually very good. And the story is probably the best out of any Pokemon game. Well, those were the first games with like a completely new Pokedex, right? Mm-hmm. Where like every single Mon was yeah. brand new. So it was the first oh, wow. new Pokemon game in, in a while. Yeah. And uh, it was like right at the tail end of the DS, right? So it was the best they could yeah. look on DS, but like, man, it looks kind of dookie in, in hindsight. I remember Jack DeVries for IGN really fucking loved that game, at least the first one. I think the Pokemon fandom is sort of like the Star Wars fandom where they hate everything that comes out. Yeah, that's fair. For sure. Yeah, because like they just bitch about everything. And like there's there is legitimate things to bitch about with with Scarlet and Violet. Like why Game Freak is a terrible developer. That is a That is a legitimate like like <laughs> like criticism. And, you know, why the, the mountains look like a single mesh. That is, that is a legitimate problem, right? Yep. But they, they're fine games. Like they're 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 the best looking Pokemon games we've gotten so far. So I've been, I've been thinking about this recently for comic books. Like the the fans who like don't hate anything that comes out is like usually Batman fans. And then the fans that do hate everything that come out are like Batman's allies fans. So it's like Nightwing fans are like never fucking happy. Robin fans are never happy. Batgirl fans are like never happy. But if you're just into Batman, like man, you're eating pretty well. Like there's like You're telling me that like Nightwing fans don't have anything to bitch about? They gave them Rick for three years, George. No, I said like they're the unhappy ones. It's the Batman fans. No, but like Nightwing fans are unhappy, but Batman fans are not unhappy is what I'm saying. I know. If I was a Nightwing fan, I'd be pissed too. They gave me Rick Rick Grayson for three years. Whatever. That series has won so many Eisners for the past two, three three years. But they hated it. The fans hated Rick Grayson. It was stupid. Of course they hated Rick Grayson, but man, they fucking love what Bruno Redondo and what Tom Taylor are doing now over at the the Nightwing factory. It's it's been good eats. (laughs) I don't know. I haven't read it. Bullfrog. Nightwing. Sorry to go back to this. Bullfrog in the chat says he loves how Scarlet and Violet focused on trees since that was a big criticism of Sword and Shield. Was that a criticism? I don't remember that. Yeah, it was because they were. I never played Sword and Shield. I think it's it's so boring and sterile. Like, obviously, like the open areas, whatever they're called, the wild area is, is like the only new part of that game. Everything else, like going from town to town. It's you know somehow, it's somehow more boring than like the original blue. And you and know what red. slapped real hard in Sword and Shield though, the gym leaders. When you walked mm-hmm. into the Coliseum and it was like, oh, let's go, boy. That I was love, the coolest part. I love fighting in the gyms because it actually felt like a, a spectator sport. Like yeah. I thought that part was sick. I fucking hated that you showed up and like you had to put on a uniform that made you look like a goddamn yeah. NASCAR, and you just had like. 15 different sponsors on you or whatever. Like I thought that shit was, I thought that was so gross, man. That was lame. That I, was lame, I, yeah. I, I hated that so bad. Okay. <laughs> I see these trees that he's talking about. I, I understand now. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in a Pokemon mood recently. I've been playing a lot Dude, of Pokemon I go. Know. You're finally sending back gifts to me. I know. It's great. Every day I walk past uh, this shelf here and I look at the ultra moon that is sitting on my 3ds games that I have never touched. Good one. Yeah, one, I'm dude. like, ooh, every day I look at it, I'm like, it's today the day. It hasn't, really it's not been the day yet. It hasn't been the day yet. I didn't play be. Ultra. I, I didn't play all of Ultra because I started right after I beat like Base Moon. I was like, oh, I'll play Ultra yeah. Sun now. No, that's a bad idea. You gotta wait a little <laughs> longer. Uh, the original Moon I thought was fucking excellent. Like that entire generation is so yeah. low, key, low key, great, great vibes for a Pokemon game. Dude, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are so good. And they're With different. The 
because you, you, you ride um, Luna, mm-hmm. whatever, or Sogaleo through the wormholes, and you can catch all the legendary Pokemon that way. I was, <laughs> this is a funny story. I was so addicted to this and doing, doing these wormholes and like grinding out the legendary Pokemon because the dopamine is such a hit when you see the legendary Pokemon show up, right? That I was running the karate studio at the time and I would dead ass be like, all right, guys, just keep practicing. Go in the back room and play. <laughs> These fucking little kids. They're just doing karate. I would peek my head out. Like, all right, fucking here we go. Everyone's still breathing? No, no broken bones? Sick. Sick. <laughs> Hey Johnny, good job chopping that wood. Let me. Oh, like the worst karate sense of all. Get over. Oh, oh shit, Entei. Oh no, no. God, get out of here. Sorry, guys. No, I said, I said, I'm your sensei, not no, not not Entei. Yeah, no. yeah not Entei. <laughs> yeah, that's a true. Uh, so I, I said Reggie, nice, not Regga Ice. Uh, to, to, two, two totally different things. All right, well. Uh, Regardless, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure we will have a lot more Pokemon talk in the next two weeks. For sure. But I think that all wraps up this episode. Any closing thoughts, comments, concerns? This is a good episode. I like this it one. Good it, was good. it was good. Um, yeah. A lot I'm, to say. I'm not predicting anything for this Nintendo Direct at all. It's it's third party. Metroid Prime stuff. 4, dude. No, Metroid it's, Prime it's 4. All, it's all thir- isn't it all third party? Announcement? Oh, yeah. For the, first, <laughs> for the first half of 2024. Which we're <laughs> almost halfway through already. That's a lot of calendar release dates, though. That's that's twelve twelve weeks of possible gaming. And like, I get it. Like, I'm all for announcing something and then releasing it right after that. I think that's a really cool way to do stuff. Plus, you only need like a couple months of hype anyway before people get really get excited. But like, holy shit! True. The first half of 2024. What? How many games can you possibly have in the first? Next or the next three months, you know. Well, the, that's all. It's all third-party stuff. And like Mario vs. Donkey Kong just came out. That was like part of Nintendo's last summer presentation, right? That was where we heard yeah. about that. And so we still have Princess Peach, which comes out in March. And then yeah. I assume like the big summer game is going to be Paper Mario. Yep. Thousand Thousand Year Door remake, which is coming out this summer, which I am super looking forward to but like that was that was supposed to take care of us for the first half of the year so like now now it's the third party's turn to you know pick up what 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 mario vs donkey kong laid down as a beautiful foundation as the, the, on the, the legacy best, here's, as here's the best mario platformer of the last calendar year here's my prediction all right you guys ready for this i bet they're gonna yeah. announce a new super monkey ball game that'd be sick i mean there's one isn't that, that awesome wouldn't that be that so cool wouldn't that be so no, cool what happens no, that game is pretty perfect. Uh, Dark Souls, Dark Souls Two on Switch. Ooh, didn't that already come out on Switch? I don't think so. The first one did. Oh, okay. yeah, makes sense then. Well, you have all it. right, ladies and gentlemen. There's our predictions. I guess we're gonna come back and check on them. In fact, I, I bet all of them are true. So there you go. That's true. We're, um, we're very right. smart. Well, Austin tells me I no longer need to put in an outro, so I don't know how to end these shows anymore. Fucking um, see ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Frameskip. Don't forget you can find the show on social media at Frameskip Pod. That's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow us each individually on Twitter. George is at Shortbox Summary. Seth is at Seth the 90s Kid. And I, Austin Eller, am at Austin J. Eller on Twitter. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to hear discussed on the next episode of Frameskip, you can do so by submitting it to us on social media. Email us at frameskippodcast at gmail.com 
or visit bit.ly slash frameskipq. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash frameskipq. The show is typically live on YouTube every week, either on Tuesday or Wednesday. You can find our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash frameskiplive. Don't forget to subscribe and be notified when we do go live, typically at about 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.